listening to the Up and Under podcast, starting in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. Yo. As you can see, clear upgrade to the setup. We're getting better. We're getting, you know, we're getting to a We're getting point. there. We're, we're getting, getting there. there. But... We did take a bit of a break, obviously, with the offseason kind of hitting a dry spell uh, and obviously life kind of becoming life for us. But we wanted to return back to you guys with some more more of our offseason content, some of our more traditional stuff that we do during the offseason, especially now that we're getting near September where most of the rosters are pretty much finalized. And again, this well, is... Well, for training camp. For training camp, yeah. yes. Pending any blockbuster deal that happens uh, between now and the time you're watching this. Um, we wanted to start giving you guys our previews of the season, our season previews on for both the Eastern and Western conferences. We usually split this out. We do a conference at a time. And this is always a fun type of episode for us because it's one of those episodes that it's like really hard to predict how a season will play out and which teams are going to make what jumps. We always like to try to at least put our heads into it and really try to predict the season standings for each conference. And sometimes we're right, and most of the time we're wrong. So yep, it's uh, where listen. I I say this every year that we do this. We're very, I would say, knowledgeable. Like hopefully, I would say that for the most part. Um, but we always get these wrong every single time, and you know what? Everyone else gets these wrong as well because it's very impossible to predict the NBA season. But it's still fun nonetheless to do this and to really. You know, break down who you know how the standings are gonna and how the season's gonna break down as well, especially after an off season of additions and subtractions, and some eventfulness as usual. So in this episode, we're going to be breaking down our Western Conference uh, preseason rankings again. We will probably allow ourselves maybe one revision probably b- before the season starts or midway of the season, just in case you know if an injury happens or if things kind of changed, we might re- we might revise this. You know, if anything happens, but for the most part, this is what we think is going to happen based on what the rosters look like today. And Again, barring injuries, because unfortunately, that's always the case, and that's why things always get messed up yeah. based on predictions. But you know, that's the reality, pretty much. And if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can, of course, find us on YouTube, but subscribe on all the other audio platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio, basically wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us. Also subscribe because next week we'll be going over our Eastern Conference predictions and that will be eventful and that will be subject to heavy changes, especially if a blockbuster happens uh, yep. in the in the Eastern Conference. But definitely stay tuned for that and subscribe so you don't miss more content from us. But starting us off with the Western Conference. Now, this is an interesting conference. It's a, become a lot more, it's a lot weaker in terms of the star power. We realized that over the last few years that the star power kind of translated over the East and now the top of the East is very star-heavy. But the West is pretty good if you want competitive basketball. Like, the competitive teams, a lot of them are in the Western Conference. And there were moments when Zisha and I were making the list with just, like, you know, there were teams that were like, okay, can we put this team above this one? But, you know, you could see them going either way. I mean, even in the Eastern Conference now, too, like, although there is more star power in the East, I would say, but, like, bro, the competitiveness now in the East as well is crazy. Listen, we're living through the most talented era the NBA has ever seen by far. Like, no doubt about it. Whatever old head old heads want to claim about their era being better, the 90s being better. The reality of the matter is this era is the best 
era of basketball in terms of pure talent. Yeah, and then not to mention the parity we're seeing now in between the, the you know the conferences and the teams. Uh, it's definitely fun for us in terms of fans, like getting to see a better product. But it also makes these predictions a lot more difficult. So starting us off with the number one seed in the Western Conference. And we decided to play it safe. And this is usually the one we like to play it safe with just because, again, it, the number one seed is very, it changes pretty much every year. But we're going to go with the Golden State Warriors as our number one seed, projecting them maybe about 55 to 60 wins. But the reality is that they're the defending champs. Um, they still have Steph Curry, who, again, has shown that he hasn't taken a step back. He's still progressing at a high level. Uh, they'll have a healthier Clay Thompson, which is good to know because Clay was able to play through a full season and a full playoff run, and he remained healthy, which is a good, a good sign. So you're going to have a healthier Clay after some rest in the offseason. You're going to you still have Draymond Green, who is probably motivated to get a contract. Yep. So Draymond's probably going to be playing well. And then you still have your same core guys. So you still have your big three. Wiggins is still on the team. Jordan Poole still on the team. And now you have more opportunities for some of the younger guys who got to see the championship run, but now they can kind of fill the void of some of those players that left. And I'm talking about, you know, the the Wisemans of the world, the the, the Mood, Moses Moody, uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Those guys can now fill the void, that guy like Gary Payton, Otto Porter, um, Juan Toscano-Anderson, what those guys kind of left uh, now on this team. But ultimately, you know, the Warriors, they have that continuity. They have that familiarity. And honestly, until somebody beats them, they're the team to beat. And again, I think the one thing that will be interesting about the Warriors is the headlines that will come up this season based on, obviously, we know their contract situation and there's going to be some big changes. If not this season, definitely after this season, Listen, there's going to be some big changes. As good as Joe Lacob is at spending money, you know, at some point, the salary cap has to come back to bite him. Yeah. So that's going to be well, again, he's already said that all the owners basically hate him for what he's done. But at this, at the same time, like, bro, you can't. Complain about the results if you're a Warriors fan. Like, if you hate it that much, beat the team. And I mean, nobody's being able to beat the team, so you he's, can't say anything. He's playing the game, and he's playing the game to win. So, exactly. can't really fault him for that. But the Golden State Warriors definitely the number one seed. At the end of the day, listen, I'll say it quickly. I've said it before. But I'd rather have an owner who actually tries to win than an owner that just doesn't care at all. No, that's fair. That's uh, sure fair. Number two, the second seed that we're going to go with is the Phoenix Suns, maybe around 52. Four to fifty-seven wins. Now again, the Phoenix Suns have a damper on the season. I think they've gotten themselves lowered in everyone's eyes. Nobody, I think, really has them as a well serious, serious contender it's anymore. For mainly two reasons. The first of which is how they lost in last year's exactly. playoffs, like how they flamed out. And second off is the DeAndre Ayton situation and how that kind of really put a damper on things in in Phoenix. At the end of the day, though. In, for the regular season, um, the Phoenix Suns are basically still going in with the same core, minus yep. um, JaVale McGee off the top of my head that I can think of. Pretty much, um, that's it. Yeah, so they're still going into the, the regular season with the same core they've had, the same consistency, the same continuity. The only thing that will likely happen this season is that they're going to rest Chris Paul more because he is going to get older, or he is getting older. Um, and because of that, they probably will drop some more games, uh, more games compared to last season, just because of, you know, you take away Chris Paul from the equation, you have a significantly worse team if you're the Phoenix Suns. Um, and I think Monty Williams will still coach very well. So the Phoenix Suns are definitely, I think, second seed worthy. Now, when we talk about the playoffs, that's a different discussion. Um, I but think 
the uncertain lack of uncertainty because we know what to expect, but the Suns will benefit them well in the regular exactly. season. Exactly. It's kind of the same argument for Golden State. It's just that at this point, Golden State won a ch- won the championship last year, and exactly. Phoenix got blown up by forty on their home court in a game seven. Exactly. So it kind of it kind of bodes down to that for us. But yeah, Phoenix is definitely still going to be a good regular season team. Bringing us into the third seed. Now this is where we you could have some debate, but. In terms of what we know of the players that are returning for this team, it, it they have the most star power, and that ultimately is what wins in this league. We're talking about the LA Clippers, and they're probably, in our opinion, is going to be the third seed in the Western Conference. But around fifty to anywhere between fifty or fifty-five wins kind of depends on how they perform. But biggest thing is they're getting a healthy Kawhi Leonard back. We hope, but in court, all reports are showing that Kawhi Leonard is healthy. He's back. He's practicing and he's playing really well. They're getting a healthy Paul George back, and the team is drastically improved since the last time those two guys shared the court together. Like we're talking about, they added John Wall in the offseason, who which a move that we really liked. It gives them extra point guard. I mean, depth. low risk, high reward. Pretty much, and an extra point guard depth with Reggie Jackson, which is what they needed. Um, they are now going to be getting a full season of Norman Powell and Robert Covington, which is what they didn't have. Those two guys fit really well for them. They're good wing guys, and they're going to perform on both ends for, for this team. Uh, they also brought back Nick Batum and Evita Zubac, two role players who played really well for them this past season. They still have guys like Marcus Morris, um, and the team is pretty much the same beyond that. So the fact of the matter, the team is going to be healthier than last year. They have better depth, uh, and they're just going to be com- more competitive on both sides of the floor. Like Remember, last season they were, um, I believe, the eighth seed. Well, they well they missed the playoffs in yeah, the playing tournament. They, they missed the playoffs in the playing tournament, but they finished the season as the eighth seed, and that was without Kawhi and Paul George basically for the whole year. So, the fact is that if that team was able to be competitive without their two guys, imagine them with their two guys, and those two guys, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, are superstar level players. So, you know, you can argue, you know, could you put a team like the the Nuggets or someone like that ahead of them? You could. But ultimately, we from what we've seen, you can't really bet against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Well, the only thing that would drop this team in terms of the regular season is just the load management issues. Pretty much. Because Kawhi Leonard will load manage. At this point, maybe Paul George will as well, just because of Paul George's last few seasons have not been great in terms of staying on the court either. Um, and then, you know, guys like Robert Covington and Norman Powell have also struggled with missing time as well. Same with John Wall. It's an older um, team, but... Exactly. Yeah. This team is built for the playoffs, right? For the regular season, they're going to try to do what they do, cruise, learn each other's like system, um, you know, and just get better. But again, the main point for this team is the playoffs. Moving on to the number four seed, we're going to have them at around the 50 to 55 win mark as well. And we're talking about the Denver Nuggets, who realistically, hey, maybe they could even get to like the first seed. Again, as we said, this Western Conference is crazy this year. Um, they were the sixth seed last season with basically nobody aside from Nikola Jokic. And now with this season, they have Jamal Murray coming back. And that's going to be a huge boost. Uh, Jamal Murray, by all reports, has looked the best that he's ever looked. And prior, people don't remember this, but, you know, like, obviously, the bubble, Jamal Murray was crazy. But people don't remember, prior to getting injured, he was playing, I think, the best ball of his career outside the bubble. And he finally looked like a real consistent, like that real consistent guy that we've wanted him to be. Um, and it was unfortunate timing for his injury because, like, particularly when they were, like, right there at the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
But with him coming back now and him being Jamal Murray, like this team is going to be really good. Not to mention maybe MPJ might come back. But they got better as an overall team. They added Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was a huge addition for them. Like, he was a very, very understated, very under-the-radar addition. But he's going to be huge for them, I think. Uh, especially compared to Will Barton, uh, who Nuggets fans absolutely loved, right? Um, you added Bruce Brown as well for you. Um, who, if you play Bruce Brown correctly, he showed what he can do, um, utilized properly in Brooklyn. So, adding those two guys to the team that they already have... Plus, we already know that Nikola Jokic will be an MVP caliber player again. And he's always relatively healthy. So, you know, knock on wood that he's healthy again. This Denver team is really nice. It looks really nice. It can hopefully be a championship contender again. And I think, like I said, this team has the potential to be a number one seed this year. Uh, we just have them as a fourth seed for right now just because of how stacked the Western Conference is overall. Like, I think it's pretty overlooked with the fact that how Nikola Jokic, the back-to-back MVP, by the way, has basically carried this Denver team to the playoffs in back-to-back years. Like, he's literally put the team on his back and brought them to the playoffs. So now imagine them with healthier with the healthier players, improved depth in areas that they needed. Uh, I don't even think we mentioned Aaron Gordon here because he's still on yeah, the team. Yeah, he's still on the team. So they Let's still say, have a lot of This contract is huge, and the idea of Aaron Gordon is better than the actual product. But he does what he's supposed to do for the team. Yeah, and then if MPJ comes back... Again, this is a very nice-looking team. They could be in the conversation with the number one seed. But again, we're talking about uh, if we had to predict this. And again, we ha- we might predict them you know, starting off slowly just based off acclimating guys in and the system and all that stuff. So that might take some time. But ultimately, yeah, they could realistically be com- competing in that top two, top three spot for sure. Bringing us into the fifth seed. And this was obviously the surprise team from last year that really just shocked everybody with how well they played. Uh, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are predicting them anywhere between 48 to 52, 53 wins. Um, but ultimately, man, they were, what, I believe, what, weren't they the number two, number three yeah, number seed? Yeah, number two. Last? They were the number two seed last season. Um, and I remember, like, I remember the time, it was like late November last season, where they started to take off. And I remember we went to the, the, the Grizzlies-Raptor game, uh, thinking it would be a competitive game, and only for the Grizzlies to blow us out. <laughs> Uh, I remember that game because Dylan. That was yeah. That was like before the Raptors had figured it out. Yeah, but that was when the Grizzlies were starting to get rolling. They were win- racking up wins. And that was without Ja Morant. And well. that was without Ja, which is crazy. But the fact of the matter is, the Grizzlies. I mean, they lost Kyle Anderson, but otherwise, it's the exact same team as last year. You know, and then not to mention they're a lot more motivated and they're young because it's a young team. The the players are naturally going to get better. You know, Ja Morant is more motivated than ever. Uh, then you got guys like. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, obviously that guy has a chip on his shoulder. Um, like it's Desmond, a, Bain. Desmond Bain, uh, after being you know not winning MIP. Yeah. Uh, so you know it, they're they're definitely still missing that second star next to John Moran. But the reality is is that you know they're still gonna be a good team. And again, our theme of continuity it works well in the regular season. Will it work in the playoffs? Who knows? But again, it does mean that the Grizzlies can make a move at the trade deadline or someone to get that secondary star. And again, it's not that the Grizzlies are necessarily dropping no. uh, compared to last year. It's just that everyone else got better. Yeah, it's like, realistically, you got to put the Clippers above them because they have Kawhi and Paul George versus Ja Morant. Like, it's it's not really a comparison in that regard. Side note, now you have evil Danny Green and actual Danny Green on the same team, which is interesting. It is very interesting. I, I didn't take that in until right now, but yeah, yeah. definitely a good point. But the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are still going to be a good team, still going to be a top-five team in the West. There's going to be a lot of memes for them as well. Absolutely. Uh, 
the sixth seed will be the Dallas Mavericks, in our opinion, predicted maybe around the same mark of like 46, 45 wins to maybe 52-ish wins. Um, the main thing about them is that they did lose Jalen Branson, and he was their second best player last season, particularly in the playoffs where he really stepped up. And so losing him will hurt the offense immensely, um, especially without Luka Doncic on the court is where they're going to really struggle without that secondary facilitator, initiator of the offense and score. Oh, and they lost Boban. Like, Sad times. It's, it's a huge loss. However, they did add you know, a couple of good big men in Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. Now, obviously, we knew what the story was with Chris Porzingis. He was able, never able to get on track with Luka. And unfortunately, like, I really like Chris but his injuries have just taken a toll on his career, and that's really unfortunate. But you're bringing in Christian Wood, who, when motivated, is a really good center. The key word is when motivated and when he actually wants to play properly. And again, this isn't Houston. He's going to be forced to play properly. Yeah. And he will be on a playoff contender right he's going to be on a good team and so he his habits i think will reflect that and then he has luca passing the ball that's exactly the key. exactly that's the key right and you have javel mcgee as well who's just he brings the locker room together not to mention he's a very good player on the court as well Championship um, yeah i think this team will be as good defensively as they were last season maybe even better with christian wood being there now um and that jason kid defense but you know, just because of the fact that they dropped in terms of offensive output, especially with Jalen Brunson being gone, and just because other teams have also gotten better, I think that's why we're putting them as a sixth seed. But again, Luka Doncic, I think, will be an MVP um, contender once again. And the problem, the problem with this team is basically the problem that they've had for the last couple of years, which is trying to build around Luka Doncic. Well, they need the second. They need the second guy, in which they haven't exactly. been able to get. And because of the salary, it's just really, really tough to to figure that out. But yeah, the Mavs are definitely they're still gonna be in the in the running for the playoffs. Like I I do predict that much. Um, moving us into the seventh seed. Now this was the uh, the reigning play-in champs, the reigning play-in tournament champs. Although without their without their mascot and Patrick Beverly, it's gonna it's gonna be kind of awkward. Shout out Patrick Beverly, man. <laughs> he was he. I think you'll see the real importance of him. This season, without him being there, just the locker room presence. That I mean, they has. did it dirty, to be honest with you. With yeah, bro, I feel, I low key feel bad for him, bro. Like the way they did him, it was kind of, it's kind of sad. They did it low key dirty, but the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they definitely. Well, I mean, we're projecting them to be the seventh seed. Um, anywhere between, I would say around forty three to 40, 48 wins, anywhere in that range, they could, they could be. We have them as a seventh seed, but they're definitely not seventh seed caliber. Yeah, exactly. Like they could be. Higher, depending on how well things fit together for them. But the biggest thing for them is that literally is that they got Rudy Gobert. Like they made the blockbuster deal to trade a lot to get Rudy Gobert. But that is going to solidify their defense, especially going to enable Carl Anthony Towns to move to the power forward spot, take less pressure off him, allow him to play, I guess, more of his natural position. He's more of a natural kind of four now than a five. Uh, Rudy can take over that round. And I guess they're going to be a lot better on both ends of the floor. They also got slow-mo in the offseason. They also got guys like Austin Rivers. Like, Minnesota really beefed up their team. And, you know, again, they made they made a, lo- a lot of win-now moves on this offseason. Not to mention, their current guys can also get better. I mean, Anthony Edwards is basically on the cusp of breaking out for an all-star season. Like, this guy's 
as improvements. Obviously, you can see got other guys like uh, Jaden McDaniels. You know, some of these guys with bigger roles step up. Um, D'Angelo Russell could improve as well because now he now has Cat and and Gobert to, to and just another to. year in the system now. Exactly, and then you know, obviously they're gonna have another year of Chris Finch. So I mean, ultimately speaking, this is a, a much improved Minnesota team than last season that you know won the play-in tournament, which was a good sign. And the fact is, they took a step in the right direction. Is what I appreciate is the fact that it's a winning move. They're trying to win. They're building like their organization has gone a lot better. Like they're they're building the right way. Yeah, say. like they're fine. Like they're finally moving in a direction, which is which is good to see. And you know, we just we said it from the jump. Back to back playing champs. That's what we call it for this season. It's happening, man. Exactly. It's happening. Um, one side note in terms of like defense, I think Carl Anthony Towns will be better on the perimeter, hopefully. Um, but offensively, I think Carl Anthony Towns will be seriously unleashed now because. This will enable him to shoot more threes, which he's already the greatest, at least statistically, the greatest shooter. He won shooter. the three-point competition. He, he's the greatest statistical big man shooter ever. I know, like, we can say Dirk and whatnot, but Dirk didn't shoot threes like Carl Anthony Towns does, right? Yeah. And then, bro, you put Carl Anthony Towns on the block against a power forward, who's stopping him in the post? Nobody, Stop, right? Man. So I think this will work wonders for Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. The only thing with this team is that, number one, I just don't think they have enough talent and experience to surpass the other teams in the West, which is fine because, again, I think this is a very good team. It's just everyone else got better, which is basically the theme of this whole episode, right? Pretty much. Um, the number eight seed is where you're projecting the Los Angeles Lakers. We're and being this generous. Is, exactly. This is where it really kind of drops, uh, you know, maybe like 40 to 43 wins, maybe. This is a purely out of respect. Prediction. Exactly. This is literally just LeBron James. Pretty much. Right. We're we're giving LeBron the benefit of the doubt. Now, unfortunately, over the past like few seasons, LeBron has shown that he's well. This is motivating. This is motivated LeBron. Let's let's this is not like out there. like he's gonna be playing in the crossover uh, over the weekend. Like yeah, you he's know, already played in. He's going to play in two pro pro games this summer, right? You know, that's two more than he's played in like a decade. So exactly. this is a motivated LeBron. And also, he needs to break that Kareem record. Yeah. Um, Anthony Davis hopefully will actually play properly this season, and then or Russell Westbrook maybe will be better under Darvin Ham. We'll see. But outside of those three, this team is literally just a G League team. It is literally terrible. Bro, I was looking up and down the roster, man, and I was like. Bro, this is this is not a good team, man. Maybe Kendrick Nunn will actually play this season. Well, that's um, the hope. They hope that THT takes another step, hopefully a step, although he's I don't know where this guy's mental state of mind is because he's literally been in every trade rumor. Lakers fans are basically turning on him at the same time. Yeah. So it's it's a really tough place for the Lakers. I mean, like they added like I mean like Troy Brown Jr., Lonnie Walker. I mean, maybe Lonnie can break out. I don't know, probably not. Uh, and then Juan Toscano Anderson. Like, listen, the guy didn't even play for the Warriors in the playoffs. Like, pretty much. I mean, he basically just got a ring for like being from Oakland, which is pretty cool. But you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, Thomas Bryant. The idea of Thomas Bryant is being better than the actual product, and he's coming off of an injury. Well, as well. he was good for the Wizards before he got hurt. But the well, reality is, going back to the Lakers again, doesn't really make a ton. He of was sense. good on the eye test on one end. The problem with him is. Defensively, he's terrible. Rebounding wise, he's not really that good either. But again, he has more talent than basically the rest of your team, right? Yeah. So the Lakers are just in a terrible position. And again, let's remember when we talk about the seventh to tenth seeds, there we have the play-in tournament now. So 
you know, these guys can finish where they finish, but in the playoff, uh, in the play-in tournament, yeah. it's gonna be a completely different story. Yeah. So in terms of getting to the playoffs for those seven to ten seeds, that's gonna be um, a game in and of itself. I mean, and again, if LeBron's in the play-in, more likely than not, he's probably gonna will his team somehow. He's to get gonna out drop of it. like fifty, to like, be honest. He's gonna do whatever it takes to win. So and to get his team to the playoffs. Now, whatever happens in the playoffs after that, well, that will that's to be yeah, seen. Yeah, they're not doing anything. In the but this is a pretty like this, this is, is a generous pick to be honest with yeah. you. Like, we're being very out of pure, especially respect. with this next team. Yeah. 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 And that next team, the number nine seed in our in our predictions is the New Orleans Pelicans. Now the New Orleans Pelicans, they're still in a playing spot, so it's actually very likely that they could end up winding up in the playoffs, you know, somehow, especially with how their team is constructed. You know, I was very skeptical of the Pelicans, you know, early on last season because I still did, I, I just didn't see the direction. I didn't see what they were doing. Well, to be honest, they had one of the biggest turnarounds in, like, NBA history. They started off terribly. Yeah, and a lot of that, so there's one element to it. The first element is, is Zion Williamson is most likely going to be playing this season. That is the that is the I mean he signed an extend a contract extension so he probably should be playing unless you're Kyrie Irving and then who knows what's the contract anymore really <laughs> but either way Zion Williamson will be back with this team but I think getting a guy like CJ McCollum low key was a pretty good move not I mean, low key to be honest like, not high key a really good move honestly like he, they did really well especially in the playing tournament I mean they made it to the freaking playoffs which is and they played very well against the. Number one seeded Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so they still and not to mention like the team is basically returning the same way. They still have Bi. They still now they have CJ Zion will be coming back. I mean they still have uh, uh, Jose Alvarado, my guy right there. Yeah, you know JV. They still have JV. Like it's a pretty good like Herb Jones, another yeah. second year Herb, yeah. Herb Jones. Like it's a pretty good Pelicans team. Like this is gonna be a young competitive team. I think Willie Green did a really good job uh, coaching them up last season. They have like a culture. They have like they have everything going for them now. Like it's a legitimate team. I mean, now they're in the KD sweepstakes somehow. So I mean, the Pelicans. I mean, things are looking up for New Orleans. So I mean, it's they're going to be really good. The problem really lies for them is that will they actually make the playoffs? Um, in the West, in the Western Conference, because it's just stacked. Like you're talking about, like who do you take out out of the top? I mean, seven obvious- teams? Yeah, so we mentioned well, like the Lakers. You know, you they're interchangeable because who who knows they're going to be a dumpster fire anyways. But uh, who out of that top seven are you taking out to put in the put in the New Orleans Pelicans? It, it, it's tough. Hopefully, for their sake, I think they should make it to the playoffs. I yeah. think the way their team is built, they deserve to be there. But we're gonna have to wait and see about that. So just from that standpoint, we're keeping them at the ninth seed, but we think they're going to be a very competitive playing team. Again, I think they'll make the playoffs, if I'm being honest. I think they will make the playoffs. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think it just comes down to how the plan will shape out. But yeah, if New Orleans is in there, they're definitely going to be a very dangerous team. Um, and then from here on out, it's... I mean, besides the Portland Trailblazers, who we have as the 10th seed, um, the Portland Trailblazers definitely got better than last year. You know, another year of Anthony Simons now. Um, Jeremy Grant, you added... Like... They're, they're decently better than last year. Um, but other than that, it's not really saying much about the Portland Trailblazers. You know, you hopefully have a da- healthy Damian Lillard. Um, I think but that's yes, it's just not a really good team. Um, you know, hopefully Yusuf Nurkic can actually play like 60 games at least, right? Um, I think their starters are better than last year. Like now when, you, when you're when bringing in Jeremy Grant, 
Now you're giving Anthony Simons that starting role. Um, now you have Nurkic back. I think the starting lineup is better than what they were. Now they have Gary Payton, the second, coming off the bench. So, like, they they are better than last year. They're not going to be the complete dumpster fire they were last year. And we're, they're really hoping on Dame returning to form, returning back to that, like, all-star level form where he's able to carry the team and hopefully vault them into the play, the, a deeper playing conversation. But that's the ceiling for the Portland Trailblazers. At this moment, they are a fringe playing team who could bust into the playoffs with a good run, which they've done in the past. But, yeah, they need more, especially if you want to retain the services of Damian Lillard. Well, I mean, he's there. He's there now. Well, yeah, now he's there. Like, he's stuck there. So, But the reality is if you want to keep him happy there, because, again, in the NBA, what's the contract? <laughs> exactly. So it's just about – it's just literally guaranteeing how much money they get to make. It's, that's basically what it is. It's not – it doesn't matter where you are. You can make the same money anywhere. But the reality is that you got you to gotta start building a better team around Damian Lillard. It's a good start, but – not gonna get They're too just far. not a good team. No. Uh, now, speaking of, the rest of the teams we have is a bunch of hard gar- hard, hot garbage. Because, um, yeah, like all these teams are pretty much trash, to be honest with you. First and foremost, the perpetual losers. The, the kings of mediocrity. The Sacramento Kings. Uh, I think they were, they, they've literally been a perpetual 11th seed for the last, like, you know, they had that one year where they years. almost became an eight seed, but of course choked it at the end. Of course, I mean, dude, like, what do you want me to say about this Sacramento Kings? Like, you got fleeced and lost Halliburton. I mean, Fox and Sabonis looked all right last season as a pairing. Fox, especially, really turned it up after the Halliburton trade. Sabonis, I mean, Sabonis was Sabonis, so like that's good for the Kings. You're basically banking on Davion Mitchell, and I mean, Keegan Murray was really good. Keegan Murray was really good. He he looked really good. So. And I, I like mean, Davian Mitchell. I like him a lot. But the reality is that is this team good enough at all to compete with the rest of the teams we mentioned? No. Not at all. So where are they? Where they've always been. Perpetual mediocrity. And again, they've always basically been not bad enough to get like a top three pick, but not good enough to even get well, close to the playoffs. They lucked into a top three pick, but they blew it with yeah. Marvin Bagley. Exactly. Uh, so that that's that that's kind of the Sacramento Kings in a nutshell. Like it's they they, they tried. But, you know, it's like having James Dolan at the top. It's like you can try all you want, but there's perpetual failure just going to be... It's your inevitable failure. As I've said to Sacramento Kings fans, I have no problem with you guys bandwagoning the Warriors, the Clippers, whatever you want, whatever team you want to bandwagon. There's four California I teams. Have Pick no, one of them. I have no problem with you bandwagoning. Okay, like, you're the one fan base. I don't have a problem with doing that. Like, it's, it's all good, man. You guys... You guys have suffered a You've lot. You've been through a lot. You have been through a lot. Uh, the 12th seed, we're saying the Utah Jazz. Now, again, we all know what the story is. They just dropped off completely. They shipped off Rudy Gobert. They're probably trying to initiate a full rebuild. We don't know what the Donovan Mitchell situation is, but Most apparently there's still the trade court. talks. Um, but I think, you know, he's probably going to be shipped off eventually. And yeah. the rest of the team, like, at this point, they're clearly just trying to tank. So I mean, the reality is you traded Royce O'Neal for a first-round pick. And then you traded Rudy Gobert for five. So it's like now you have like six picks. And again, we have them as a 12 seed because they're still competitive enough to win a couple games here and there with obviously uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Mike Depends Conley. on how long Donovan Mitchell's on the roster. Exactly. And so they have enough vets and like Jordan Clarkson and stuff. They oh, have yeah, enough. They have enough. And then Mike like, Conley's decent, still there. They still have enough decent players to like win a couple games here and there more than the next teams we're going we're gonna to mention. Um, but again, they're clearly on the path to a full rebuild. So. 
the 12th seed Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's uh, how the mighty have fallen for the Utah Jazz. But uh, moving on into the 13th seed, the 13th seed, we're going to give it to the Houston Rockets. Um, this is going to be another development year for them. Obviously, they have a very young team. They're, re- they're fully rebuilding. But obviously, Jabari Smith is going to be very interesting to see. Obviously, him being a top three pick in the draft. Uh, obviously, Kevin Porter Jr., how well is he going to do with another year under his belt? Um, they have Josh, guys like Josh Christopher. Jay Sean Tate, someone who I really like. Al- Alperin Schengen, like he's... He made some great strides last year. Jalen Green, of course, uh, how well he's going to be in year two. So, I mean, the Houston Rockets have some exciting prospects, but it's just that they are not competitive at it's all. The, like, they're at the beginning of their timeline, right? Pretty much. And same with this next team we're going to mention, the 14th seed, uh, Oklahoma City The home Thunder. of the Slim Towers. Yeah. Uh, shout out Poku. Shout out Chet. Um, they're basically in the same situation as the Yo, Houston Rockets. Yo, do they Rockets. feed centers? Anymore, like you know, now we have that we so we have that Poco, whatever that guy's dude, that name. Now we have Chet, then we have this guy Wen Bayana who's coming out. Like, listen, the what are era of big centers, the era of versatility, right? The era of versatility. Uh, like picks. I said, they're they're in the same situation as the Houston Rockets. Um, they have good young players: Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, um, Chet Holgram. The only question is, what's interesting about the OKC Thunder is what the how their players are fitting on their timeline because there's already been rumors of Shea and Lou Dort possibly being traded. Um, especially Lou Dort is, I think, the interesting one just because of his contract, his serviceability for other teams right now who really need him. And just, he's, he's I think, the odd one out. I think it will depend on what teams are willing to give up for him because Sam Presti loves future draft picks. Um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, this guy loves scouting his 12-year-olds, although... <laughs> that sounds weird, <laughs> It sounds very weird, but that's what he's doing. Uh, but the reality is that for, you know, if you're willing to give up two first-round picks, three first-round picks, two first and a second, he might he might pick up the phone and listen for Lou, Lou Dort. He's on a very team-friendly contract. Or even Shea Giltis-Alexander, who arguably, this guy is hitting his prime like right now. Like, you, you would argue he'd be a guy who'd be like, I want to win. I want to win right now. So, if that comes down to a case like that, well, that might be an open door. And the Thunder can get a lot of assets for, for guys like Shea and, and uh, Lou Dort. So, I mean, I'm just waiting for when uh, Masai picks up the phone and says, you know what? Uh, you give us Shea, uh, we'll give you... We'll gi- we'll, Malcolm Flynn. We'll, we'll give you Malcolm <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. We'll give you. We'll give you someone. About, we'll give you Gary and Malachi. How about that? You know, something like that. You know, if that ever happens, I'm just waiting for that to happen because again, uh, Shay, uh, just please come home. Or Lou, Here, here's Lou, the thing, right? Shay is. I think we know what the ceiling of Shay is, which is very good, but not the ceiling that Ch- Chet Holmgren has, right? And so, if you're forced to choose between one person, the OKC Thunder are likely going to choose Chet. Yeah, and so, I'm in not- that case. Shame might not be on the same timeline, and I mean, I'm not. It's really it's a... interesting. I don't think this that's a topic of discussion for this season. No, I think maybe starting next season that might become. I a think topic it just depends on how far along in the development path are they, do they become. Like if they win more games this year, like if they become like a 12 seed this year, they might look to rethink things. Yeah. I like the timelines, but like. I don't know. I'm not really a big Chet Holmgren believer, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll see. Right? I think the era of toothpick centers is just going to mean a lot more injuries. That's just what I think. I mean, hopefully not, right? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, and our last seed, uh, the 15th seeded San Antonio Spurs, they're just tanking. Fire up the tankathon. 
They uh, traded away DeJounte Murray. Everyone's basically taking for Victor Wimbanyama. Um And, yeah, that's about it. Pretty much. It's basically, at this point, it's just, like, when Greg Popovich will retire. I hope he retires soon. Come on. To be Greg. honest, I wish he just retired. You, you, you're bef- too old for like, this, Greg. Yeah, I don't, I don't want him to, be, like, be coaching this season, man. Like, it just... It, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't... It lo- ruins his... Bro, it ruins his win percentage. Exactly. Well, like, the, I think I just saw an Im- a picture today, actually, about the win percentage for the Spurs. They've had the highest win percentage over, like, the last decade. Or something like that. And it has to be like over the last like twenty years. Like, or dude, something. they've literally had the like, I think they have like a sixty five percent winning percentage. Yeah. Which is insane. Like out of any team, all the teams. Um, so definitely interesting. But those were our Western conference predictions. Obviously, as we mentioned, these are our preseason predictions, barring any injuries. If we need to make a make a you know an adjustment to this, well you know, we'll, we'll let you guys know if anything happens. But these are basically our main predictions that we're gonna lock in for this upcoming season. Bringing us into the up and under segment for this week, and a few, you know, minor news for, for like a dry period of the offseason. But first and foremost, are you up or under on uh, LeBron James securing that bag uh, once again? Uh, he signed a two-year, $97 million contract extension with the Lakers. He's became the first NBA player to earn over $500 million in contractual earnings. Um... This is insane that contracts are literally $50 million a season, which is absolutely insane. But he's LeBron James. He absolutely deserves the money. But are you up or under on LeBron staying in, staying on the Lakers for another two years? Ironically, he has a player option on the year that Bronny gets drafted. Listen, man, I'm up on it on all angles just because, number one, if anybody deserves a contract, it's him. It's obviously. Bag. Right? Exactly. Um, and at this point, he's nearing the end of his career, so... He stated after Miami that he was never going to take a pay cut again, which, I mean, granted, like, he's LeBron James. He can do whatever he wants, right? Well, he uh, shouldn't take a pay cut. He's exactly, LeBron James. And especially at nearing the end of his career. Um, and at this point for him as well, it's more about just building on his legacy, building, you know, his future and, like, on and off the court. So, L.A. obviously is the prime destination for that. Now, again, if you want to win, he can jump onto another team. But I don't think that would really benefit his legacy, especially when, like, people are always talk about him, like, you know, jumping on teams and whatnot, even though he usually always builds the teams that he jumps on anyways. Pretty much. Right? So, like, I don't think him leaving would do anything, would make his legacy any better. And for him, again, like, now he's at the stage of his life as well where family's important, right? His kid's going to Sierra, Sierra Canyon. Um, I mean, now it's about, his, it's about his kids. Like, now, like, Bronny and Bryce are now... You've seen them on the court. They're getting closer to starting their own careers as well, so... It's just, like, bro, he's at that stage of his life, right? It's a different stage of his life now. It's a different stage of his career. I have no problems with him, you know, doing what he does in terms of getting that contract extension. Would we as fans lo- love to see LeBron end his career on high notes? Absolutely. But it doesn't always end up like that, you know? It doesn't always end like that. Like, look at Kobe, for instance. Like, he ended on his t- on a losing team, but, yeah, he dropped 60 on his way out. But, you know. I, I mean, he, listen, LeBron at least got a championship for the Lakers, right? So, yeah. um, next up, speaking of the Lakers, the Lakers announced that they will retire Pau Gasol's number, um, I think, in March this season. So, are you up or under on the Lakers retiring number 16? I'm up on it. I mean, Pau Gasol deserves it, especially considering what he's accomplished, not only for the Lakers, but internationally for the game for the game of basketball. Uh, he was just he was a great player, a great professional. 
Uh, great dude. I just think the Lakers are, uh, retired a lot of numbers. Like, God damn. Yeah, man. They, like, I mean, the, bro, the Lakers, how about the Celtics? Like, dude, like, bro, think about it this way. Like, our, like our team has no, no numbers retired. Like, we have nobody at this point. Well, except not one, but it's kind of league-wide at this point. But yeah. ultimately, like, like, it makes sense. Pau Gasol absolutely deserves it. Um, yeah, for everything he did for the Lakers. So, I mean, and again, I don't think he gets enough credit because... No. People don't remember when he came over, when he got traded to the Lakers, he was damn near MVP candidate. I think it's because right? he cut his hair later in his career. Yeah. <laughs> people just people just started to forget who he, yeah. you know, what he looked like. Um, but yeah, Pau Gasol was an amazing player. Like, he was amazing. Yep. Um, and again, he sacrificed to, to win a couple championships in L.A. And there, if, again, even Kobe said it, right? There's no Pau Gasol, there's no championships in L.A. Yeah. So, shout out to Pau Gasol. Shout out to Pau Gasol. He, absolutely he definitely deserves, deserves it. Um, and speaking to Hani's point about retiring numbers, next up, are you up or under on the NBA retiring Bill Russell's number league-wide? So, Bill Russell uh, passed away this past week. Um, definitely a, a huge loss for the NBA community and the basketball and the sports world in general, just because of everything Bill Russell has accomplished in his, in his career. Uh, not only as a player, as a coach, as a human rights, like as an activist, you know, everything that he's accomplished, he's just done so much. And the fact of the matter is he absolutely deserves to have his number retired league wide because of what he stood for, for all of basketball, for this current generation of players, this current generation of coaches, for this current generation of front office staff. Bill Russell had an imprint in all aspects of the game. Uh, in all aspects of the league, so he absolutely deserves to have his number retired. And not to mention, he's the greatest—he's the greatest winner in NBA history, yeah. well, right? So yeah, man, like Bill Russell, rest in peace. Definitely deserves his number to be retired. If there was anybody to have their number retired league wide, it should definitely be Bill Russell. Yeah. Um, and finally, are you up or under on uh, the Sixers and your favorite player Ben Simmons settling on his grievance regarding his uh, his contract issues from last season? So apparently Ben Simmons so the Sixers kind of withheld money from Ben about twenty million dollars from Ben but from Ben Simmons for because of the fact that Ben Simmons refused to suit up and play when and he actually quit. you know <laughs> He quit. Yeah, he quit. Basically Ben Simmons cited mental health issue issues as his uh reasoning for not being not suiting up for the Sixers. However do, does anyone believe that like, I'm Listen, sorry. man, it can happen, but like, bro, based what are on the his odds? track record, it's, like, stop it, man. What are the odds of that happening? And also the circumstances surrounding, you know, why Ben Simmons held out, all that stuff. Like, all those reasonings, it really is really hard to blame that on mental illness. Like, come on, man. And the reality is the fact that the Sixers settled it is just even more stupid to me because I'm like, dude, he didn't play. Now, sure, you were able to flip him for James Harden, which is great for you guys, but I wouldn't give him that money. Again, this is the same argument I've been bringing up a couple times in that book. What is a contract anymore in the NBA? The fact of the matter is these players can do whatever they want and still get their money. And it do, to me, it just doesn't make any sense, especially now that contracts are $50 million. It's insane. Absolutely insanity. So I'm, I'm hella under on the fact that they settled and Ben Simmons is getting part of his money back because he doesn't deserve any of it because he didn't play. I mean, I understand why they settled settled in terms of the legal reasons of you know why that would happen, but again, yeah, like you get what, paid what you, is a contract anymore, right? You get paid if you do your job. If you didn't do your job, you don't get paid. That's the that's the bottom Especially line. Especially when you're the number one pick and you haven't improved at all in your 
in your whole career. Yeah, exactly. And you got a contract that you, quite frankly, haven't lived up to. So why should you get money out of that? I don't know. It's an ongoing saga with Ben Simmons, but hopefully he suits up this season. Or maybe he won't. We don't know anymore <laughs> with Ben Simmons. But uh, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, YouTube. So definitely subscribe so you don't miss any great episodes. Of course, we're going to be bringing you guys our Eastern Conference predictions in the next episode. So definitely stay tuned for that. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at upletter and under podcast, facebook.com slash up and under podcast for all the latest updates. Whenever we post a new episode, our reaction to news as they occur. Definitely check that out if you haven't done so. Also, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. It's a place where we write blog posts with every single episode. So if you don't have time to listen or watch the full thing, you can read about it on our website. Every uh, episode has the video, audio, and written version all in one place for you guys. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so. And yeah, man, as I mentioned, we're getting closer and closer. The training camp starting to begin. Uh, the rosters are starting to be more and more solidified. And then the NBA also just announced their scheduling as well. So... Season will be coming back soon, and hopefully we're in for a great season. But with that, that concludes this week's episode. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take it easy. Easy.